This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our special guest once again is Sean Bowles, and I had the privilege of uh, interviewing Sean the last time, and it's always fun and exciting because there's not many out there right now that are seeing what he's seeing and doing what he's doing. In fact, when he came, you can watch it maybe on one of our mentoring sessions. Uh, he he called me out and uh, gave gave a couple words of where I used to live. I, I he, it was so many houses to go, Sean, that you that you gave that word that I had to think twice. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I did live there uh, back at that time. And, and then Sean was also giving people's email addresses. It was incredible. The depth that God goes to just reveal his heart uh, for us is incredible. And, and today on this show... We're going to talk about God's Secrets, which is the title of his new, brand new book and workbook, uh, A Life Filled with Words of Knowledge. I'm so excited about it. The book is awesome. And the workbook, I mean, come on, it takes you practically step by step. It, it just teaches you. It's like having Sean Bowles with you, walking with you um, uh, throughout the day. Now, Sean, with, with all that's going on in your life, and, and God has really elevated you to a place of of, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a good way, notoriety, and you're just, you're before leaders, you're before, uh, uh, you, you even talk about, I met this person just on a way to a luncheon, you just use this gift everywhere you go, but it wasn't always like that, you aren't always so willing to step out and be used by God. Talk to the people at home about some of those early years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a really healthy, wonderful family who we we pro- my parents were first-generation Christians, and we processed our life together, our hearts together, our battles together. But I just was born inherently with insecurity, and I, I was born inherently with wanting to man-please and, and, and just wanting the world to think the best of me. And I, I was really afraid of looking bad or hurting people's feelings. I had a lot of, you know, it's the exact opposite of what a sociopath would probably be. It's like <laughs> somebody who over, overly feels things, you know, without boundaries. And and so going after the prophetic, because the prophetic is such an emotionally driven gift, and people have an emotional and spiritual reaction and a, a mental, you know, or an intellectual reaction. And so, you know, for me, when I started to pursue the prophetic, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to just do it so well and do it so right that I, I wanted to be out of the way of God so much that I was insecure about when people would give me feedback or interact with me or so, I mean, it was just crippling to even want to go after it. I mean, I did a lot of other things well, and I was so performance-driven because of that insecurity that I only wanted to do what I did well. And the prophetic wasn't easy for me. Hence, I think I'm the perfect person to teach on it because I had to actually learn the stages of it versus I wasn't born inherently with it as a powerful gift on my life. You know, I had to grow in the stages like most of the listeners. Like, we have to grow into it. And that's one of the things that impressed me the most when I interviewed you the first time is because— you know, it's one thing if somebody re- receives a divine impartation. It's like, that's great uh, for you, uh, but unless you're here laying your hands on me and it's, you know, but but you teach clearly, and, and I'd love to hear you say it, that uh, everybody can move in the gifts of the Spirit, in especially the Word of Knowledge, right? Yeah, I think, to me, I looked at him as a relational tool set, and so for me, if the Bible in 1 Corinthians 14 says, you know, follow love like your life depends on it and eagerly desire prophecy for all believers in saying that. And then it defines in, in 1 Corinthians 14 what prophecy does. It causes a connection with someone in the, the heart of God, the Spirit of God, the fastest and the most interactive that, that you can get. And, you know, the Scripture lays it out. And so I just was like, God, I have to see this happen because what happens in 20 counseling appointments or 10 life coaching appointments can happen in one encounter with your voice. And I was surrounded by people who were going after prophecy, but they seemed to be extraordinarily gifted, and I felt very normal. And so I was like, is this even possible? I guess you just got to be gifted. But I was like, no, the Scripture says you can do this. So I began a journey of practicing, and I, I paced myself because I was athletic. So I was saying, oh, you know, to excel at anything, you got to try and try and try and work and work and work. So I determined that I would try at least a thousand times before I give up instead of a hundred times. 
and eventually, you know, <laughs> after all kinds of things not working, eventually it did work just because of the de- determination, you know. Now, at what point does, kind of an odd question here, but at what point does a fear of being wrong, make a mistake, fear of failure, at what point does that fear overtaken by the confidence that, hey, I got that one right, I got that one right? You know, I think it's not really the confidence of getting something right. I think it's the reaction of somebody who all of a sudden gets touched by their creator of the universe. Jesus shows up in their life in such a real way, and you you feel in that moment that love, that connection. It's like if you're watching the end of a feel-good show, the Extreme Home Makeover, one of these types of shows that used to be on, like or you know, one of the current shows that are on, where all of a sudden you see the feel-good moment, and you're the one delivering the moment with God, and you just go, you're this good, God. And, and all the fear dissipates when you see the love and the goodness of his heart manifest on people around you. And you actually teach that when you get one of those reactionary God moments, that's a good way to begin to learn, ah, I, I, I heard correctly there. Yeah, you go, wait, I feel the difference of when I'm hearing correctly and when it just feels like I'm guessing or when I'm just trying. And those are those are instrumental moments because like you're you're going to feel like you're just trying something until you're not. All of a sudden, God overtakes you, and you, and you recognize the difference. And it's kind of like somebody who's learning an instrument is playing a lot of keys until they're playing music. And we don't give ourselves the, the permission to do that a lot in the prophetic, especially the words of knowledge, because we so have the performance of the desire to be right, that that desire to be right is more than a desire to love people through uh, a tool set that God's given us. Now, this is not in my notes, but how did how did you begin to learn to differentiate between Sean Bowles, the Holy Spirit, and, you know, I don't know how much the enemy speaks good things over other people. So it's basically between your your voice and the voice of, of, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the enemy was never involved in it, except for one season of time. I'll just tell this as just a side note, is that uh, one season of time, I kept hearing a demanding voice that sounded like the Holy Spirit. And it would be like, turn left here, or there's a long car accident, you know, that you're going to sit behind for hours if you don't go the long way home. And it was just this demanding voice that didn't have any fruit to it. Mm. And I recognized that one day. I was like, I think the enemy's trying to counterfeit the Holy Spirit and trying to distract me. And I just rebuked the enemy, and it never came back, you know. And and I realized in praying for mature believers, a lot of times I have to pray for them and say, don't get distracted by something that doesn't have fruit. And so if if there's a demanding voice that's like urging you to do something because there's consequences if you don't do it, that's probably not God. But I learned how to distinguish between Jesus and my own voice by doing it, by just prophesying over and over and over, praying for people with prophetic intention, just saying, hey, can I pray for you, my friends, my family, every birthday that someone had, hey, let's all pray for them and ask God about their new year, you know. Every ministry, t- I get on ministry teams at all the churches I was involved with and just say, hey, I'm going to pray every Sunday. I'm going to ask people, what do you need pray- prayer for? I'm going to ask God if he'll show me something about it. And, I mean, I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was a, a skill that I had to learn but you learn it by doing. You can't learn it. You can't just go, oh, I have an aha moment if you haven't had the work towards the aha moment. When you have an aha moment, you realize this is completely inside of me because God lives in me, and this is Jesus inside of me, but it feels different than when it's my intention and voice, than when it's his intention and voice. But I only learn that by doing. And you you make a, a full disclosure in all that you teach in, in your books and workbooks that that you gotta you gotta put some time to this. You gotta you gotta work at this. Yeah. It's a skill that you don't necessarily wake up one night and, and all of a sudden you can hear clearly for everybody. You you have to put some time in it, but you make it also clear that the payoff is far greater than the work and even the potential rejection at the beginning uh that you experience, correct? Absolutely. I think anybody who has tried to save money or get out of debt, it's a it's a daily process. If you're trying to lose weight you're making choices for your health every day. So you're like, you can't just try to lose weight and go on a diet. You actually have to change your lifestyle. If you're going to go after some sort of musical instrument or some whatever it is, you're going to put a lot of work into it. And I think sometimes people think of the spiritual gifts and think this is, is supposed to come natural to me. And we just, we kind of have this delusion of, oh, it's just some people are gifted that way. And that's just not true. I'm not gifted in evangelism naturally, but I'm gifted at learning God's heart for people naturally, but I have to pursue that. And that creates atmospheres for evangelism. Because I'm an introvert, I don't want to talk to strangers. <laughs> I want to talk to, you know, my wife, my friends. I don't want to talk to people outside of my context. So I've never been one of the people who's like, I'm going to run after everybody who walks. I just can't wait to have an appointment with them, you know. I'm like, I don't want, really want to talk to anybody. The only reason I do is because I'm practicing God's love. 
I like that. And and here you are, you went through a you came from a healthy family, but you went through your own personal struggle, which you admit that, you know, you're just insecure and man pleasing, but you you God worked that out of you and he touched you and and fast forward to uh Azusa now, two thousand sixteen. I mean, how many people were there? Sixty five thousand people. I mean, come on. And uh, I, I don't know, remember the setting, but uh, I saw the video clip. Uh, you you were either called up or, or whatever. Take us through, and even before the call leading up to that, you've been praying for months, and you weren't really getting things for people right off the bat. No, and a lot of times for me, again, like I'm still practicing the prophetic even now, 25 years later. So before I go to meetings, before I go spend time with people, if I have a consultation to do if I have business leaders I'm meeting with, whoever, you know, Hollywood entertainment leaders, the poor, if I'm going on a mission trip, I'm praying and spending some serious devotional and intercession time trying to hear the Lord for people. And so for me, like before the call, because it was a, the stakes were higher because it's like ecumenical group of people, both Catholic, Christian, all kinds of denominations. It's not just a Pentecostal or charismatic gathering. I'm asking God, Lord, just show up big because you're asking me to model something that's available to this generation. And I got into a little bit of performance for sure because I was like, okay, here I am. I'd sit late at night. You know, <laughs> my, my daughters, my toddlers would go to bed. My wife would go to bed. I'd be, here I am, Lord, and nothing would happen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I was just like, finally, by the time the call came, I was like, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe it's not important. But people need a model and because, you know, faith comes by seeing. So I was like, is there anything you want me to do about it? Finally, I just got a little insecure. I was like, I don't think I should do this. Like, I, don't, I have nothing. And so I went and told the leadership of the call. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't think I have anything for today, so I'm just not going to get up. It's fine. Like, there's so much going on. You guys have so many leaders. And they rejected me. They said, no, you have to get up. Oh, my goodness. And we just know. Even if you just pray for people, you're supposed to do something. And I laughed, and I said, okay, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go sit and pray some more. But I just got lost in a worship song. And honestly, Ryan, when I got lost in worship, I forgot what I was supposed to be doing. I just was so focused on Jesus. And when I came out of the worship song, I immediately had things to write down. I was like, oh, my gosh. I think I just got some stuff. Finally, after all this, <laughs> I just got some stuff. And I wrote down a bunch of stuff because I have a terrible memory. So I have to write down anything I get factually or else it'll go away. So I wrote it down and then it's raining. So in my notebook, is all wet. So I'm like, I better put this in my phone, which both was awesome because I use my phone for everything. It's searchable. But it's also for all the critics was the worst because we're like, he researched everything. And, right. You know, like he, he had a cell phone. He's just using texting information as he goes. And, I was laughing going, if I had the energy to be able to even know how to do that or work that hard, you know, <laughs> to, to try and manufacture a pretend voice of God, that would be disgusting, you know. But it was one of those things where I walked into the experience going, I have nothing. Oh, my gosh, wait, I might have something. But I felt 10% that I had something, not 100%. <laughs> wow. Well, here you are now literally standing in front of 65,000 people, and you're, you're looking at your phone and you call out a couple's first and middle names uh, and then identified four out of their five children. What happened next? What happened with them? And what else did you say? What happened with the crowd? Well, it was wild because I think I think I just said it there. Uh, it was a Patricia uh, Lou, and I forget his name. All of a sudden, his name's gone for me just because I'm whenever I'm put on the spot, I always forget everybody. But um, I have their first and middle names. I didn't know who these people were. I didn't know if they were brother or sister. I didn't know if it was two separate people who came or dating. I didn't know anything about them at that point. But I had a feeling they might be married. And just a small feeling. So that's a good gut check. Like, I think that they might be married. Let's see if the first information happens. That'll help me have faith for the second little mm-hmm. step I'm going to take here. But I called them out, and they were super excited. The whole crowd was pointing at where they were at. Like, because we couldn't find them. They were waving their arms and said, wave your arms if that's you. And people are screaming, like, look up there. And it turned into, like, half football stadium who was cheering for their team and then half living room where this group of 65,000 people turns into a living room that feels like you could be amongst 20 of your favorite people. It was, like, so special. And everybody couldn't wait to hear what God would say, including myself, about this couple after we identified them by their names. They had five kids. And I start to see, like, where she grew up, and I start to see the street she drew, grew up on. And it's kind of in an area of, um, about an hour away from where I had spent some time growing up, too. So I wasn't familiar with her street name, but I was familiar with her area. I think it was Folsom or whatever. And uh, Elk Grove, that's where it was. And um, and I remember just, like, prophesying over that you guys have been on the mission field, and she had had several things happen physically to her on the mission field, and God was healing her. She's been, she hasn't told me what they were because they're more personal. 
but she was healed of all the things uh, within a, a month of uh, that happened on the mission field. She was in touch with our team and said everything was healed, like just some of the things that happened to you when you're older that happened. And then um, I said, God's moving you to Oregon. They hadn't even told some of their family that they were going to Oregon yet. They There there wasn't a public announcement yet. So some people, they, their kids knew, but some of their family didn't even know. They had gone there to visit people and knew that they were visiting, but they had, they had just been processing their God journey as far as, should we go back? I think we're going to go back. And so I'm like, you're moving to Oregon. You're going to re-inherit, like, you know, it's, it's your land of God's anointing for your life. And just this whole thing where all of a sudden they're, they're positioned, there's some healing, God speaking of their children, their marriage. And it was one of those moments where they weren't even sure if they were coming to call. They decided to come. And God chose to speak to them out of 65,000 people to put them on display to show everybody how much they're loved. You know, not just them as a couple, but everybody else's love, that God knows us that intimately. And there are a couple that have been in YWAM, they've been working really hard for with the Lord, and they've paid a price. And just the fact that God would honor them as mature believers and help them to step into their new was phenomenal. I just, I, we all sat there and celebrated it for him. I, I was in as much celebration as if I hadn't given the word to someone else had. I was so excited for them. You seem like you stay excited whenever I see a, a recent clip of you. You're, even when you're, you've been doing it for so long now, you, you seem to stay <laughs> excited about it. It's because I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know. Like, I think this is happening. I think this is, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> sweet. Well, one of the things that I hear you saying, uh, you, that behind closed doors, you are maintaining an intimate walk with God, and that's helping to fuel the 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 fire to keep moving in this gift with accuracy and with humility and so on and so forth. What do you think? Hopefully, I have some humility, but <laughs> intimacy is something I have done after. I think I watched a, a lot of prophetic leaders. I've had the privilege of being around a lot of prophets and prophetic leaders in the body of Christ, and a lot of them did have an astronomically gift or astronomical gift on their lives that they was born with. And I, I watch them kind of implode in their personal lives sometimes. And I'm not saying every prophet out there is like this, but some of the ones I was exposed to, many of them had a, a really rough personal life, like divorces, or they had estranged children, or they had, you know, just financial difficulties. And they had, they, there just wasn't the character for the gift sometimes. And for me, because I had to work so hard at the gifting, I, I was like, it's not, I mean, I, as long as I'm doing the gifting, because it's not natural to me, it's because I fell in love with people. And so for me, I was like, God, show me the people group I get to love. Show me the people today I get to love. Show me what was in your heart from the beginning of time for these people that you're about to expose me to or that I'm already in their lives. So for me, I had to choose love and grow an intimacy with his heart. And then the gifting would manifest because of that, not because I was just astronomically gifted. So I think it's just been a different process maybe than the previous generation where God appointed a few people to break open this theme of the prophetic in a major way in our generation. And I may be a second or third generation of this where I'm just helping people, the everyday person, to fall in love with who God's in love with and expect that prophecy is part of how he proves his love. And one of the things that you did to help the body of Christ is your brand new book, God's Secrets, A Life Filled with Words of Knowledge, and this incredible workbook that I, I really uh, am enjoying going through myself, uh, uh, God's Secrets uh, workbook. Uh, tell us, what, what, did God, what do you want people to get from this book and workbook? You know, I want people to know that as a Christian, Jesus died so that we can be and raised from the dead, so we can be completely bridged to the Father's original intention for humanity and for the world. Like, he paid a price so he could totally restore us to connection with God. And so the fact that we have that price paid, it says in 1 Corinthians 2, the last verse of 16, that we have the mind of Christ, which means, and it also says in 1 Corinthians 2, that the Holy Spirit searches the deepest parts of the Father's heart, is his innermost thoughts, and he relates those to us. And so we share the same headspace, the same thought life with God. And the more intimate we get with him, the more we're going to hear his thoughts about the world around us. And he has original thoughts about industries, countries, cities, families. And so God's Secrets is a book that helps people to get in touch with what God was originally thinking that Jesus has restored us to. And now it's just a matter of work to restore all things. And we can do that. I can, I can help restore what God's original intention was over my family, over my own life, over my calling, over the industry I'm called to. And so I wanted to write a book where people realize God does have secrets, but he's waiting for people who would be brave enough to believe, you know, Ephesians 3.20, beyond what we could hope or imagine, or even 1 Corinthians 2, 9, where it says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard what he has in store for those who believe. It's like, how do we how do we get those thoughts about what we're supposed to believe for us beyond what we can believe, you know? And we get that by fellowshipping with his, his mind. And if you've ever had somebody in your life 
that was way like really gifted or maybe you know i think of like melania trump marries president trump and all of a sudden her world is open differently because she's now married to a billionaire who's the president so now if she had justice or compassion in her heart before now she can start an international justice movement that can change the whole issue you know she's going after young girls in mm, education that's good she, she could have done that a little bit before but now because of who she's connected to and who she's married to and intimacy she can change the world and I think we're married to Jesus. Like that's we're we're connected to God in covenant. And we because of that, if we realized who it was we're connected to and the resources that are available, which is all things, it would change the way we would live today if we could just have that natural application. So I wrote this book to help get people in touch with what's available to them through the mind and the heart of God, but also to activate this gift of word of knowledge and even word of words of wisdom to help people, you know, be present with what God has in the world right now. And in your book, you teach so thoroughly and so enjoyably that every person that picks up this book can be used in words of knowledge. You can know the secrets of God. And, of course, a workbook is your training guide. It's like taking Sean with you and saying, hey, what did you think about that? Did I miss it here? And, and the workbook helps you go through those things. It trains you in this area of words of knowledge and the revelatory gifts. And he also did an exclusive uh, CD for us called Prophetic Impartation, where he just really prays over you and and, and breaks down some of those excuses that we use between <laughs> uh, being used by God and, and God's desire to use us. And it's a wonderful uh, CD of fresh release of boldness and in your life. And, and when we come back, I, I want to just ask Sean, in a general sense, why is God wanting to share his secrets with us? We'll be right back. Call now and get Sean Bowles' powerful course, which includes his book and workbook, God's Secrets, a life filled with words of knowledge. Plus, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience is Sean's anointed audio CD, Prophetic Impartation. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9511. I want every believer to understand words of knowledge and how to access the mind of God. In his must-read book, Sean Bowles shares his stories, thoughts, and biblical understanding to give you the keys to access the secrets of God concerning your future, your relationships, your business, and your ministry. Through Sean's powerful book, God's Secrets, you will gain access to God's deep knowledge and wisdom, begin to share God's mindset, inspire and empower others with God's thoughts and dreams, use words of knowledge in everyday life scenarios, receive thorough answers from A to Z, on how to operate in words of knowledge just as Sean does. The workbook is your guide to activate your faith and teach you how to share words of knowledge in relatable and practical ways. Understand how you can begin to interpret dreams. Receive personal words of knowledge from God that will help you to make the right choices for relationships, business, problem solving, and more. Receive words of knowledge for healing. Learn the different ways God can speak to you. We go through 36 examples of words of knowledge in scripture and you go through activations, group activations, individual activations, and you're gonna learn to live a lifestyle of risk. Plus, you'll receive this audio CD, Prophetic Impartation, which is exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience. Through this audio CD, you will learn to clearly hear God's voice for yourself and others. Learn the simple keys God has revealed to Sean on how to receive your healing and how to heal others. I actually pray for you and talk about how to get the impartation, and then I actually pray it into your life and into your spirit. Don't miss out on getting Sean Bowles' powerful course, which includes his book and workbook, God's Secrets, a life filled with words of knowledge. Plus, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience is Sean's anointed audio CD, Prophetic Impartation. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9511. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9511 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Okay, we're back with Sean Bowles, and I, I can't wait for you to hear some of these other stories because, Sean, I, I have to admit, uh, every time I read a story uh, like we'll hear later, maybe in the third segment about the kid with a video game uh, playing soccer, all that whole story. I, I, I'm brought to tears. I mean, this gift changes lives. So in a general sense, why is God wanting to share his secrets with us? You know, I feel like in First Corinthians 14 where it says, you know, when a person comes in and 
they, they don't believe and all of a sudden someone prophesies and it's like the secrets of their heart are laid bare and they feel like they're known by God. They feel connected to God. Basically, when, when God speaks something that maybe we already know or that we don't know, when God speaks something that he makes present to us, it makes us feel like we really are that special and connected to God that he did die for us. Jesus died for us and he raised for us. Like he, he wants relationship to us. And I think everybody wants to feel known and connected. And so when you have the God of all the universe saying you're important and you're valuable to me, it's a game changer for anybody who hears God that way or who receives a word that way. It just changes everything. I was at a restaurant last night or, the, or yesterday morning, sorry. And I went up to the hostess and I said, Hey, do you have a, a Maria Teresa in your life? She's sort of a South American girl. And she goes, yeah, my aunt, and also my mom's name, Maria. And I said, I feel like God is about to give you a better opportunity. I'm a Christian. He's going to give you a better opportunity for your working, and he's going to change your visa so you can work somewhere else. Because I feel like he wants to help your family back home. Are you from Colombia? And she's like, no, Venezuela. She didn't care that I got that part wrong. But she just, she was start, she had tears in her eyes. She's like, I have to get back to work, but this is amazing. Like, you have no idea. I've been praying to God. Is there anything better for me? Am I going to be sent back home to America? Is there another job for me? Like, she goes, I came on a really strange college visa and, and this is all I can do right now, but I feel like God's going to keep me in America. And I just think like it gives her hope for her entire family to be loved on by God. Like she changed her whole day, you know, and it, it could change her whole life, if not her whole day. And when you hear God's secrets, it, it causes people around you to be in touch with possibilities that they wouldn't have if they hadn't have seen God's heart or if they hadn't heard from you. I like that. And, and Sean, if I may be so bold, you uh, were just in front of 65,000 people in 2016, and you were at another recent call, and, and yet you are giving a hostess at some restaurant a word. Please don't ever stop doing that, because it seems uh -huh. like a lot of these people in ministry, they stop the one-on-one. The -on -one and it's so, uh, I got to tell you, it's more impacting than, than you realize maybe that you are willing, because Jesus did, you're willing to still go to the one uh, and use that gift for the people around you. And uh, uh, Sean, what is the difference? Uh, see, I, in my own life, I'm God used me in prophecy, but you kind of convicted me in your book because you're like, prophecy is good. And if you're used in prophecy, hey, thank God. But either the risk factor is lower because it's usually talking about what it is to come. And uh, uh, as opposed to word of knowledge is like it's now. It's like you got it or you don't. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you uh, differentiate between the word of wisdom, prophecy, and words of knowledge. Well, a word of knowledge, according to the, you know the Greek word, it's the same. It's the word gnosis, which is a, a current or, or past insight or understanding that you get. That's not based on your own life experience. It comes by revelation, and it's something that God's highlighting that will cause a heart to be open, or it will cause a connection between God and Earth. And so. You know, this omnipresent God who the most of the world views is up there somewhere, all of a sudden invades your space and your time. The God who lives outside of time invades, invades your moment and says, you're important to me. And so it could be a, as simple as getting someone's birth date, or it could be as, as complicated as getting, you know, the, the most profound thing that ever happened to somebody in their life, and then the interpretation of what that means. You know, like a, you got a college education, a master's degree in this, but you've never known how to use it. This is what God's directing you, and this is what he wants you to use it for. And so, you know, just having that, that personal information of someone's life uh, that they know, and maybe some of their close friends know, some of these people don't. Like, I was at a, a coffee shop the other day, and I yelled at a girl from across her. I was like, hey, you. She said, what? And I, and I said, uh, God, I'm a Christian, and God told me to get the script or the screenplay out of the trash. And she's like, what? Whoa. And so he says, he gave you a gift of writing, get it out of the trash, now you just threw it away get out of the trash and start writing again. He's with you. And she's like, no. And she's screaming, laughing, and screaming, crying, no way, no way. And the whole, the whole coffee shop was like our audience. Come on. Like, this is the best thing ever. And they're clapping because they're so excited for it. She goes, I was leaving right now out of Los Angeles, and I was never turning back, and I was about to throw away the, the – she goes, I already deleted everything off my computer. I was going to throw away my last screenplay. I'm done. This is my last copy in Los Angeles. I'm done. She goes, this changes everything. So I you know, prayed with her broke off the, the insignificance that's been on her life, this whole thing. And just she just had the courage to actually pursue her real life still. She was going to leave everything because she was just so discouraged. You know, get, life gets so discouraging without God. You know, when you, as a, a lot of Christians are discouraged. And when we have God's thoughts over our life, we forget who we're not, and we just see who we are through His eyes. And the, those kind of stories just really impact me deeply. And, 
And let me ask you this. What what are some of the uh, hindrances to not hearing correctly or, or really just not, not hearing uh, these words of knowledge like we could be hearing? I think um, false expectation of having to, the desire to be awesome, the desire to look awesome, the desire to um, have all the ducks in the row, the desire of performance, you know, these kinds of things. Like um, when it's about you, like a lot of times if it's about you, you'll miss something. Like with um, the previous story I mentioned about the girl yesterday, just, just yesterday that I thought she was from Columbia, but she's from Venezuela. If I was into my own gifting and my own performance of myself, if I was, you know, more self-focused, I would have been freaked out and frustrated that I got something wrong and I would have just stopped the whole thing and sabotaged it. But because I'm not worried about information, I'm just like, I'm. that's amazing that, you know, your aunt Maria Teresa and that, you know, you need this opportunity. I'm, just, I'm focused on ministering to her whether or not my information is correct. And, you know, a lot of people, because they want their information to be so correct, they get into so much performance that it ends up hindering them from taking little risks. And or they'll only take risks when it feels like a similar risk they took in the past that will pay off. God's constantly shifting things on me where I'm talking to people that are way outside my, 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 you know, like I went up to a homeless guy and was like, you know, talking to him and he was completely drugged out and crazy. And I just looked at him and I said, Hey, I'm just calling your spirit to attention right now. And I just ask you just to focus on me for just a second. I have something to share with you. And he totally, I've never done that before. And he totally was like, Oh, okay. And just became sober and normal. Mm, Wow. It's like, I got the best part of him. So like, there's no training manual for how each each opportunity works because each time is a relational time with a different person that takes a different relational skill set that only comes from God. So for me, people who are trying to just do the gift and they're just trying to manufacture the same thing the same way all the time get discouraged when it doesn't manifest the same five years from now and then they stop. I, I know people who don't even prophesy anymore because it didn't. It's it's they don't have the same opportunity that maybe the church gave them, and so they're like, oh, okay, I guess this skips over because I don't feel the anointing anymore, so to speak. I hardly ever feel the anointing. I'm just trying to choose love and go after something. Boy, that's good. Could you could you speak into that for a moment, Sean? You, you, you don't really feel the. You just you're just getting downloads. It's not you're not motivated by feelings. Yeah, I, I mean it's tricky because I'm motivated a little bit by feeling, but I'm really motivated by love for people. So if I, I, I get a little bit of a sensation or sense of like, I'm noticing that person differently, you know, some people use the word highlighted or it's the same as when you're reading the Bible for life application and all of a sudden something is highlighted to you, you know how to use that scripture in your life. There's something, there's a spiritual interaction, there's a spiritual exchange. And I'm looking for those moments of spiritual exchange or the feeling that comes right before those spiritual exchanges. I am looking for that. But at the same time, Sometimes I might get some information that I think could be God or it might be me guessing, and I'm just waiting for the opportunity. I take low risk when I say it, and I share about this a lot in the workbook of, like, let's lower the risk factor by using more relational language. And some people don't like that because they're so used to, thus saith the Lord. Exactly. You know, God has told me. But when you're learning, you can't say, thus saith the Lord, because he didn't necessarily say it. You're learning what he says. You know, you're learning how to talk for him. You're learning how to be a mouthpiece. So for me, even still now, it's like I might walk past somebody and sense like, I think that they're... They have a brother who's going through something. I'm supposed to pray with them, but I don't know if it's true or not. So I'll walk up to him and be like, hey, can I ask you something? They'll be like, yeah, do you have a brother? No, I don't have a brother. And they might have just thought I thought I knew them because they're brother, or they might have thought, like, whatever, but they're not necessarily thinking this guy's a religious weirdo, you know? <laughs> but if they say, I do have a brother, then I get the opportunity to say, I know it sounds really weird, but I'm a Christian. I was just praying, and I just felt like you had a brother, and is there anything you need to pray for? Versus saying, I feel like your brother's going through something, because they may not be in touch with what their brother's That's going true. through, or they may not want to talk about it to a stranger. And so just giving people easy on-ramps to the information you're getting to be able to respond and be relational and connected. My goal isn't to try and feel like a reader to be able to give someone a psychic reading and they walk away going, I know what to do now. My goal is to get them connected in relationship to God. And so I want them to have an experience where they also feel like God can talk to them, not just because I was there, but because he loves them. And speaking of that, you have a story we we call it you call it the rain jacket story and if if you remember even the beginning of that encounter, it really impacted me because you allowed the Lord to give you the this process and that you just didn't get these downloads of words you saw a picture in your mind's eye and so on and so forth. Could you give us that story? yeah, and this happens a lot to me like i just I just kept saying on my way to the meeting. 
this couple that's my, one of my mom's best friends and her husband and her James and Susan and I just kept seeing that I'm like why am I seeing this couple I was going over to a friend's house uh, or I mean I was going out with a friend who he wanted to introduce me to this couple that was friends of his and that happens a lot I mean my friends always love to introduce me to their friends so I was going to meet them but I honestly because I've been so busy I didn't even have who, their names or who they were on the grid like I didn't even know who they were so um so we all went out I think we went over to their house if I'm right <laughs> I should know more than that but it's been so long um when I say it's been so long, it's, it was less than a year ago, but so much has happened. Right, recently. right. But uh, but when I got there, their names were Jim, I think it was Jim and Sue, and it was so cool because I, as soon as I knew their names were Jim and Sue, I also had already felt like they might have kids, and I saw two of my friends. One of her, their names was Olivia, and one of, one of the kids' names was Samuel. But I saw two of my friends who had those names, and so I was like, I think these names are connected. I think all these names might be something. But these, I knew that the people I was going to, I wasn't going to a prophetic appointment. I was just going out for dinner. And these people aren't necessarily open. They're, they're from more of a conservative church. So I'm like, I don't know how this can happen. And my friend wasn't asking me to be a minister. My friend was asking me to be a friend. So I'm like, I don't want to create some weirdness here because they're not necessarily open to the prophetic. But at the same time, their names, when I met them, they said their names are Jim and Sue. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they have to have two kids. This has to be their kids. So I was like, guys, this is going to make sound really weird. Please forgive me if this is weird, but can I hijack the conversation for a minute and share something spiritual I'm getting with you? I think they're like, yeah, and I'm like, I knew your names were going to be Jim and Sue because I, I saw my parents' best friends, their names are James and Susan. And, do you have kids? And like, yeah, we have two kids. And I'm like, are their names Olivia and Sam? And they looked at my friend to see if they had, like, given me the information. And they're like, mm-mm. And so they're like, yeah, that's their names. And I started to give them a word about their company and about how they're going through this financial battle of their lifetime. And about how I, in the book, I call it Rain Jacket, the Yellow Rain Jacket, but it's actually called something else. I just don't want to give the disclose what the real name was. Sure. But, um, but I, I give them the name of their, co- I, I give them this name of an item and it ends up being the company name and they're freaking out because they're like, that's the name, that's it. And, and, and it had, I saw this item of clothing folded up and, you know, and it had a price tag on it. And they were going through this whole thing where their baby was being basically aborted through a lawsuit and there's a lot of financial implications going on. And they felt like everything that was going on was failing. And then I saw a new one, and they were selling it for a high price, and they were able to you know, get a manufacturing plan, and they were going to be able to do a way better rain jacket this whole thing. And they're, like, looking at me because they just got wind of a deal that was, like, literally, like, it was real time, like, that week. That could happen, but they were so disappointed with the last couple of years of what it had been the word hijacked that I used originally for the spiritual code. They kept saying, that I feel hijacked, I feel hijacked. And God's time, I'm hijacking you for a moment. And so basically when I shared it with them, they couldn't connect their faith to it until I said, and do you realize that Olivia and Sam are called to some things in their lifetime that they need you, they need the resources for their college and for their life that you guys would build through legacy through your company. And as soon as I said that, the wife starts crying. That's when they realize this is real. Like God's really going to help us right now because she's like going, God, not for us, but for our kids. Like we can't, like their whole life's about to change. We're about to go into lower middle class you know, again, and we, you know, we had all of this that you gave us and they all got hijacked. And so at that point when I'm saying, this isn't really just about you, it's about your, your kids and their future and their kids. And it just completely changed the world. Like they're like, they're, they're believing in a current business scenario that I kind of mentioned. They're believing that God's going to vindicate them for their past financial situation, but they're believing it for the right reason. God loves you. He loves your children. And he's doing this because you're his. And they just they just cried. They just cried in my arms, and we just you know prayed together. And it's one of those moments where it's like a before and after in life, where it's like God knows me. I'm a Christian. Like He's good. But all of a sudden, it's like no, God really knows me. He cares about everything I've been praying for. He cares about my family more than I do. He's coming in a way that's like so strong that it's it's so good and so beautiful that how can I deny the beauty of God for the rest of my life? And that's why you wrote this book and workbook because you're desire is to mobilize an army to do what you're doing. And you can imagine, you know, millions of little Sean Bowles running around doing the things that he's doing, just giving words. I mean, we would change the world, Sean, if we get, if we tapped into you know, this. We're seeing thousands of people are reporting to us that they're getting words of knowledge. And it's, I mean, right. It's intense. Like they're, we're talking about people for government, people for, you know, people for people on the streets, people for people for inhuman trafficking. They're getting words of knowledge that are changing people's lives. And I believe there's a great harvest coming in that these kinds of prophecies are going to be one of the biggest harvesting tools. What does the workbook do for people? 
You know, the workbook is fun because we, we wrote it like a standalone book. Um, it actually is the activator. It's like the book is more of the philosophy to love, gets you excited, gets you motivated to go afterwards the knowledge. But a lot of people need a process. And so we went, I wanted to write a process that I could read and go through if I was new to words of knowledge or if I was coming into a new space for words of knowledge. So we go through the, the very sound biblical theological teaching where we talk about words of wisdom, words of knowledge, what the Greek words are, what God's intention over them are. We go back into the Old Testament. Then we go through um, you know, four or five examples per chapter of where words of knowledge are in the Bible to the point where you get over, I think it's like 32 words of knowledge. There's 60, 64 occurrences of words of knowledge that we found in the Bible, but uh, in both Old and New Testament. We go through... So you have different reasons why God gives words of knowledge, like rescuing kidnapped victims and appointing leadership and, you know, helping um, to see uh, clearly over your finances and these kinds of things. These are all the motivators for why we can get words of knowledge or biblical stories. And so it's going to help you get the biblical stories. Then there's challenges. There's self-challenges and group challenges in every chapter. And my goal was like you go through the workbook and by the end of it, you've been personally challenged, you've been challenged in groups, you have the biblical foundation, you have philosophical uh, foundation, but you can be self-challenged in it, where you, you can set some goals to say, okay, now I can practice. So there's activations where you get to practice different types of, you know, uh, different types of activities for, for going afterwards and knowledge. And we lead people on a journey, so it starts out real simple, and then by the end of it, you're like, I'm going to do some high-risk stuff and try this out for real. So I think it's it's been really effective so far. Several Bible schools are taking it on as their core curriculum for the prophetic because they love the workbook so much and it's so theologically present. It's not just like a nice workbook, but it, there's a lot of theology in it. And so it's, I think it's it's a really fun guide. So listen, this is a first-class course in learning to hear words of knowledge and not only learning to hear them, but how to apply them and how to how to understand if it was God, if it was you, and just you know the really the how to track your words and how to how to receive the feedback and just really processes you through all that. So God's secrets book and workbook, an exclusive CD, prophetic impartation. Don't go away because when we come back, I'm going to have Sean share a few more powerful stories and a, a couple practical keys and how to begin to move in words of knowledge. We'll be right back. Call now and get Sean Bowles' powerful course, which includes his book and workbook, God Secrets, a life filled with words of knowledge. Plus, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience is Sean's anointed audio CD, Prophetic Impartation. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9511. I want every believer to understand words of knowledge and how to access the mind of God. In his must-read book, Sean Bowles shares his stories, thoughts, and biblical understanding to give you the keys to access the secrets of God concerning your future, your relationships, your business, and your ministry. Through Sean's powerful book, God Secrets, you will gain access to God's deep knowledge and wisdom, begin to share God's mindset, inspire and empower others with God's thoughts and dreams, use words of knowledge in everyday life scenarios, receive thorough answers from A to Z, on how to operate in words of knowledge just as Sean does. The workbook is your guide to activate your faith and teach you how to share words of knowledge in relatable and practical ways. Understand how you can begin to interpret dreams. Receive personal words of knowledge from God that will help you to make the right choices for relationships, business, problem solving, and more. Receive words of knowledge for healing. Learn the different ways God can speak to you. We go through 36 examples of words of knowledge in scripture and you go through activations, group activations, individual activations, and you're gonna learn to live a lifestyle of risk. Plus, you'll receive this audio CD, Prophetic Impartation, which is exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience. Through this audio CD, you will learn to clearly hear God's voice for yourself and others. Learn the simple keys God has revealed to Sean on how to receive your healing and how to heal others. I actually pray for you and talk about how to get the impartation, and then I actually pray it into your life and into your spirit. Don't miss out on getting Sean Bowles' powerful course, which includes his book and workbook, God Secrets, a life filled with words of knowledge. Plus, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience is Sean's anointed audio CD, Prophetic Impartation. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9511. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9511 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today.
We're here with Sean Bowles. And Sean, would you tell the people listening the story, which for some reason really impacted me. Maybe it's because I've coached sports before, but this really touched me about this, this young boy that was on a soccer team. Yeah, my friend, <laughs> I love this story too. My, my buddy is a pastor and we were hanging out. I was doing a conference with them and um, we were hanging out on the Saturday in between sessions. And he's like, hey, want to go to my son's soccer game with me, a little uh, junior higher soccer game with me. And I was like, Abs- or actually, he might have been less than junior higher. He was like 10. But I was like, absolutely. And so we went out um, and just hung out with his son and, you know, their friends and whatever they're playing in their soccer league at school. And there was one little boy that everybody was kind of picking on. And I'm, I always have a heart for the underdog. And I always have since I was little, you know, like the underdog always, I want to hear their story. I want to know why they're the underdog and see what God can do. So I'm watching him and like kids are kind of picking on him. He's just being harassed, you know, he just, and he's not coordinated at all. And he's going to, you know, he's not athletic at all. And I'm sitting there going, God, what is something like, can I speak something to that kid's life? I don't know his parents. I don't know, you know, like, I don't know how to do this. Cause when you speak to kids, you really want to get the parents permission, you know? So I'm like, should, should I say something to him? Should, I don't know. And I just, Nothing was coming at the you know, very end of the first half of the game when they do the halftime little orange fest. Um, I hear this term, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be good. And I go, hey, what's your Call of Duty uh, tag? And the kid goes, what? And I said, what's your Call of Duty gamer tag? And he goes, oh, it's, and he tells me the name of it. It's like a really cute kid name. And I go, and so what's your ranking in Call of Duty? And he tells us, and it's like a world-class ranking, and he's like an 11-year-old kid. Like, he's like a little kid. <laughs> and he's like, it's this. And everybody goes, what? One of the kids, got, like, is eating an orange and drinking water. What did you say? And, like, all the kids know the ranking in Call of Duty because like, it's one of the games of our generation. And so they're like, what are you talking about? And, and the kids are like, there's no way. And he goes, yeah, look. And he goes, yeah, let me see your phone. And he grabs his dad's phone and he shows the kids his ranking and his name on the Call of Duty, and the kids are like in worship over this kid. So he goes from being the biggest nerd on the field, to, and he's hidden this because he's an introvert. So all of a sudden he goes to being like the hero of the field. Like they're like, we got to play. And my, my friend's son goes, hey, can you come over like and hang out with me? Can you teach me how to play like that? And he's like, sure. Well, by the end of that year, like I remember just seeing my friend again. And he goes, hey, just so you know, like that kid that you had that moment with became one of my, my son's best friends over the year, and they play like all the time together. And I was thinking, how cool is that that this kid who he was pretty new to the school and he didn't have any friends yet there becomes like instantly famous <laughs> for the whole soccer league because of his Call of Duty tag. And that's how, to me, God wants to give prophecy as a grace. And no one there even ever picked up that it was prophecy. Uh, my friend's dad was, I mean, my, my friend's son was able to tell this little boy later on, hey, my dad's friend is also a pastor. And he actually heard from God, your gamer. That, that you're a gamer and that you it was significant to you and that that would help bring about significance to you to us. And he was actually able to share that with them and bring him to church, and now he comes to church with them. He, he got he got born again through all this, right? Totally. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, a, an underdog, so to speak, kid on a soccer team, you give him a word from the Lord, and now the kid's born again. I mean, you that are listening, if, if that doesn't touch your heart, I don't know what will. And it was so simple. And, 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 and Sean, through the years, has learned to step out and, and give these words. And I'm telling you, that little boy, he'll never be. I mean, you've heard the stories where kids get picked on growing up and they turn out to just be whatever, violent or just uh, so on and so forth. But this kid will never be the same. His whole life has changed because of a word of knowledge. Now, Sean, could you just give us a, a, a few practical uh, introductory tips on beginning to practice words of knowledge? Just a, just one or two. I'll give you one that's based on that last story, which is basically whenever there's somebody who has a def- uh, deficiency in something, like you, if you see somebody who's poor or if you see somebody who's going through something, the underdog, usually as a Christian, when we see someone like that, we get compassion. But if we can ask God, what does the enemy rob from them that they're supposed to have present in their life? Because there's obviously something going on, but what is the what's God's story over them? Because this isn't God's story. This is a different story. So maybe they have fatherlessness, and so they have some issues that has caused a lot of destruction in their life, or whatever. But drug addiction on the streets, or whatever. But what is their true story? And then start to ask God, like, what do they look like to you? Like, what do you love about them the most? What What are the things in their life that would bring them the most to life? If you gave them John ten ten life right now, the abundant life that's beyond what we can do for ourselves what would their natural life look like? And you could do that for industries, for regions, for cities, 
asking God, what is your intention? And usually for me, when somebody has hardship in their life, it's, it works like a grain of sand aggravating me until it turns into a pearl of revelation. Like I'm looking at them going, okay, I'm aggravated by what they don't have and what God's not doing and what the enemy is doing. God, give me a word or show me what you are doing because I can't just not see what you're doing now that I've seen what, what's not happening or how they're being destroyed. And so that's, that's a really good truth or a really good tool to say, let's, let's go after prophecy because we love the world and we want to see who they really are and we want to see God's story over them. Another practical is just practicing. And so me and my friends, we get together, we still do. And, and especially uh, all of us are growing still. So we'll, we'll think of somebody in our head that we know really well. So I'll think of someone I know and you would think of someone you knew, Ryan. And we'll do intercession for them. And we'll ask yes or no questions and giving ourselves permission to be right or wrong. And so I'll ask you, Ryan, is the person you're thinking about, are they in their 30s? And you'll say no. And they'll say, are they in their 20s? And you say, yeah. And I'm like, are they safe? And you say no. And so we'll, we'll do at least 100 guesses on the person. And once we get a number of things right, uh, you know, even if it feels like a guessing game at first, Usually what happens is once you get three or four or five things right, you realize, oh, wait, that feels different than what I'm just guessing. That mm. there's, some, there's weight or substance or, or my process. I recognize my process when it's God and when it's not God. And it may take 25 people to do this where you're praying over 25 different people over the, you know, a month or something. But if you, if you just pray for people that you don't know and allow yourself to ask questions and just do it for the sake of intercession, we've had so many words come out of these times where – I remember having one lady who was involved with, you know, one of the biggest ministry, radio ministries in, in the world, and she'd been going after prophecy but gave up because she figured it wasn't her gift. And I said, well, let's just pray for somebody. I'll think of somebody you think of somebody. Let's pray for him. So she starts saying, is, it, is he a young guy? I'm like, yeah. Is he 27? Yeah. Does he have blonde hair? Yeah. Is he six foot two? Yeah. Are you going to work with him? Yeah. I'm going to invite him on my team. This is crazy. You've gotten everything right. This has never happened to me before. And I said, have you ever given yourself permission to – to go after this in a way that you don't have to be right. She's like, no, I've never given myself permission that way. So even that takes off a lot of the pressure of what prophecy is not about, which is about information. It's about love. Information is secondary. So she was just trying to love this person that I'm praying for together, and it took it out of performance zone and into, like, I'm allowed to ask questions. I'm allowed to take risks. And if you give yourself permission to take risks and not have to be right, and you give yourself permission to take responsibility when you are wrong, and it's not a big deal at all, then you'll grow really fast. And imagine if pastors out there would learn to flow in this gift of knowledge, it would really give them a new perspective on the people that they are pastoring. Oh, totally. I mean, everybody, if you're an employer, if you're a pastor, if you're, if you're a mom or a dad, it's like, if you start to get God's story about the people you're loving, and you start to see, it's, it's usually an opposite story of some of the circumstances that are frustrating to you. So what's God's story? And then, Lord, give us the skill set and the tools to be able to love them that way. Because sometimes you go to this revelation that he's giving you to, to treat people differently. And then sometimes it's, you know, because the prophetic to me is a culture of the heart, even before it's a word from the Lord. So sometimes you're treating someone differently. You're treating them based on God's story before they're even ready for a word. I like that. And you're moving outside the realm of judging and stereotyping and, and, and mm-hmm. into the truth of what God feels about them. Totally. You uh, had a word for a young man on the East Coast that was very special um, during the whole racial tension that was going on at that time uh, in, in, the, in the country. What, what happened? It was wild. I mean, I, I feel like we're still in racial tension. I've been asking God, Lord, this is a spiritual issue of our nation. How do you want to resolve it? Like, there has to be something we can sow into and do. God, show, show me spiritual resolution if it's a spiritual issue. So I've been praying for that for a while, and then I was in a meeting, and it was just a normal meeting. People from all races come to our meeting, so I'm, there's never like it wasn't a racial, uh, racially tense meeting. It was a normal meeting, but there was an African American woman there, and I asked her, "Is there a Daniel in your life?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's my son." And I said, "Was he like somehow did something happen with cops where he was like kind of manhandled and violated a couple times in his life where he was picked on because he was black a couple times in his life and even maybe arrested or something. And she said, yeah, he was assaulted twice by cops and it was for no reason. Like they even got in trouble for it. And I said, you know, like, like to the point where it was, I said, he didn't have a father's life, does he? And she said, no. And I said, I feel like these people of authority have violated it. But if you go and tell him that this wasn't God's desire and this was a misuse of authority and that your son is a real man and that he has authority, and this is meant to rob him of that authority, I want you to tell him this word, that this was not God's intention, and that he won't let anyone rob your son this way again. And she starts to cry. 
And she goes home and plays a word for him, I think even that night. And I get a, a notice like a week later that he goes into, he signs up for the police academy. And the notice says basically he's had a secret dream his whole life of being a policeman. Even when these guys, these wrong policemen who got in trouble for doing this to him, like he did nothing wrong. There was no crime. And they had totally manhandled him to the point where he had, you know, a, a concussion from one of the experiences. And he, so he had been so violated by these, these crap cops that he'd given up his dream of being a policeman. When, it, when he heard the word of the Lord that he's a man of authority and that this was a misuse of authority, that God acknowledged that too, he was like, well, if, this was, if, if God's this good and he's, and he's showing me this was a misuse, that means I can use my authority the right way and become a policeman and have integrity and actually fight against the corruption that just happened. So he's now, at that point, he was like, um, I, I think he's 29 or 31, somewhere in there. So he's even you know, a little bit older and purposeless. Like he is, he's been wandering around not sure what he wants to do gets a word from the Lord and does his secret dream, goes into the police academy, which was his, his passion. I mean, seriously, the, it's obvious that the enemy tried to uh, distract him and, and pull him away from his destiny, and you spoke right back into that destiny, and you're like, take that, devil. This guy's going to fulfill the call of God in his life. I, I love that. Absolutely. You know, Sean, you say that God isn't always direct. What does that mean? Because that, because I wish he was, but obviously he's not. Yeah, I think it's because it's a relationship, and it's if you think, you know, Ryan, um, I'm married, you're married. It's like when you think about like your relationship. If we compared notes, the way we fell in love, the way we connect to our wives is probably completely different from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like God's a relational being, and He wants to have a different relationship that's unique with each one of us. And in relationship, there's different. You know, like we have relationships differently based on the person's personality types, who they are, what they do the whole thing. And I feel like we expect God to be this cookie cutter God for each one of us and have a cookie cutter process. But the reality is he's a very complicated being who makes himself simple to us through the prophetic and through his gifts. He makes himself relatable to us. But Jesus constantly told parables and stories on purpose so that he could culturize us to his heart more than lead us in a direct like leash way to serve him. He, he wanted co-heirs. He wants empowered beings, not just servants that he can direct. And so God many times speaks these really creative ways because he's trying to teach us how to grab hold of his nature and become like him and to really know him. Like he really wants to be known. He really loves us and he really wants to give us that part of himself. And we're so, especially in our culture, we're so like, just give me a ladder I can climb so I can climb it. Just know everything. And God's like, no, it's not about knowing things. It's about actually knowing me, like connecting to me and being present with me. And so this omnipresent God says, I'm going to be present with your moments through the prophetic and show you how much I love you. And so I'm not distracted from you. I'm actually, like, we in relationship, when we go out to dinner, we check our phones 20 times. When God spends time with us, he's only focused on us in that moment. Like, he's, he proves it through the prophetic ways. Like, you are the one I love. This is your birthday. This is These are the secrets of your heart. This is what I care about, you know, in your life. And it's this, like, very beautiful picture of being present. And I think, like, when he leads us, we want him to just show us A, B, C, D, E, and F. And God's like, no. I'm way, I, I'm methodical, but I'm way more indirect on purpose because you're going to know me. You're not just going to know how to serve me. Sean, I'd like to have you just share one more thing with the people listening before you pray. And, and you admit uh, two things, really, that anyone can be used in words of knowledge. And and God loves to use the ordinary, which you feel you are. We, we all are. And, and, you know, a day in the life of Sean Bowles is probably, you know, very exciting and and, you know, you got these words, but you have a family and you have children and you have cars and you have a house and you have all these things that everybody else has. Uh, how does God take an ordinary mother of three, a, a, a father uh, that's working hard at his landscaping business or a businessman trying to, you know, do his latest sales pitch or, or a pastor trying to trying to pastor his church. How does how does this all God's secrets, everything you wrote about, everything you teach, how does this work for the ordinary men and women that are listening? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I wish that was exciting all the time. You mentioned that. It's pretty <laughs> exciting every day. Um, it's funny when people start to work for us or when people, the people who are close to us are like, you guys, I hear this all the time, you guys are so normal. You guys <laughs> That's are so good. normal. Like, you guys are just like a normal, really good, fun family, you know? And versus like, so, you know, people come over sometimes waiting for the supernatural experience with God, and we're like just normal the whole time. Like, watch me and do barbecue, you know. <laughs> and uh, and it's just funny because we disappoint that that expectation that we're a sovereign vessel that 
we're on all the time and we have these spiritual moments at every second. You know, we're actually, life is spiritual and we like, we really love our lives. We really like doing life together as a family, but that's, there's some normalness to it. But I think your question, I think the reality is that it takes a deliberate pursuit. And if you, if you want it, you can have it. If you want a supernatural lifestyle with God, where you hear his voice, you're going to have it, but you're going to have to also, like for me, I put, I put aside my, my devotional prayer list of like, I'll pray for a million people for a million things because it's just chore kind of prayer. And I'll still do that. I still am faithful and praying for people, but I do it real fast. And it, I usually put it aside when I'm, when I have the most prayer energy, I just clear my head and I clear my heart and just say, God, what do you want to talk about? Cause you have things to say, you have things you want to tell me. And sometimes that, that waiting is five minutes and sometimes that waiting on him every day is, 15 and 20 minutes and sometimes it's several times a day sometimes it's one time a day i still spend other types of time with god but my most favorite time is to say what do you want to say and what's on your heart and i love the pursuit of god he wants to talk to us more than we want to listen so to me once you learn how to hear his voice every time you set yourself aside to listen to him he talks and it took me 10 years to the point to get to the point where i learned how to hear him for myself but now it's so fulfilling, you know, like it took 10 years to get to the point of fulfilled relationship of hearing from God. Even the word became really boring, you know, 15 years ago. I remember it's like, I've read this so many times. I'm so frustrated. Like there's nothing new for me in the, the Bible. And that's my fault, not your fault, God, but help me. And I remember like when I had the prompt of the Holy Spirit, read the Bible and put my name everywhere. It says love in the New Testament, put God. So like when it says love is patient, love is kind, love is not, you know, self-seeking, these things. I would put God is patient, God is kind. It just changed the way I read the Bible. Like he just gave me little clues that he would speak to me about supernatural, about how to put him in scenarios that caused the scenario to change and allow him room to move. And I think most of us in our devotional life, we have such a pressure to perform to make something happen versus wait on God and learn his Holy Spirit's presence and learn who he is. And if you could put all the, the works and the chores aside and do it like once a week or do it like, when you know at the end of the night or something and give your best energy to just getting to know god that would be amazing he's already praying way more than we are for all our devotions and our intercession lists anyways you know just really get to know who god is it's, it's just an amazing experience and i i hear you saying that a word the word of knowledge isn't just for somebody else you can receive a word of knowledge for yourself totally Okay, that's 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 good. So we we need more of that. God, what are you thinking about me? What is your secret about me? And and you're saying if we just be still, we can hear those things, right? Absolutely. I mean, I've I've been my own best prophet so far. <laughs> now that I like. I mean, I hear from God for myself. <laughs> Sean, would you pray for the people listening? Whatever whatever's on your heart. Yeah, and Holy Spirit, I pray for everyone who's listening that you would awaken a deeper desire to hear your voice. And those who already have a desire are already operating in some measure of this. I pray that you would upgrade it, God. There's always a deeper place in you. And so I pray everybody would get an impartation that you would not just give us an excitement, but you give us an excitement that you can't wait to fulfill, that you're going to do something in speaking to us that only you can do. And we pray, Lord, that we wouldn't just have things that were like our imagination manufacturing like the best of. We pray that you go beyond what we can ever accomplish in our own man-made strength and the prophetic, that you would do speak to us in ways and about people that we'd never have a context for without you, and that you would provide for us a love for people groups that we don't even know today, but that you're going to give us a love for to reach tomorrow. And God, I pray that you would feel, whether it's a stay-at-home mom, or whether it's a person who's already retired who's listening, or whether it's a, a pastor, or whether it's somebody who's already moving the supernatural, give us an upgrade, God. Give us a, ne- a next measure we can receive of hearing your voice in specific ways. Thank you that you want to be specific. Thank you, God, that you have a story about everybody in humanity. Share that story with us. It's your desire. So I just release your story over everyone who's listening. And Lord, take any excuses for why we don't prophesy away from us, God. I pray that we would just know that we know that we know that you want to do this inside of us, not only scripturally, but just let us have an emotional connection and a spiritual connection to your word. And God, thank you that you're going to speak through people who are listening. Thank you, God, that you're going to give us a new measure and that when we get this measure, it's going to change everything. It's going to be a game changer for us and the world around us. In Jesus' name. Okay, everybody listening, you can be using words of knowledge, I'm telling you. And the the brand new book and workbook, God's Secrets, A Life Filled with Words of Knowledge, gives you the courage 
to go ahead and step out and do those things that Sean is is practicing right before our eyes as we see on the the YouTube and the videos that we watch and and I'm telling you this is not just for a select few this is for everybody and, and Sean makes that clear so his brand new book God's Secrets Book and Workbook this workbook is your training guide and an exclusive brand new CD prophetic impartation where Sean really shares his heart uh, uh, and with how to break down the the insecurity and the fear and intimidation and releases a fresh boldness and and uh, just uh, uh, so, so that you can step out in the gifts and be used by God like never before. People spend millions of dollars to obtain information and understanding on matters concerning their future, their relationships, finances, emotional and physical healing, their careers, their businesses, and so much more. God has the answers, and He wants to make His secrets available to every believer. This is God's gift to the entire church to connect to His heart. Sean Bowles has a desire to make the prophetic accessible to everyone as God intended it to be. Now, He wants to mentor you. I want to personally mentor you and faith and overcoming unbelief and getting over fear and, and, and actually taking the risk that you know you want to take, but you just need that impartation, that push forward. Call now and get Sean Bowles' powerful course, which includes his book and workbook, God Secrets, a life filled with words of knowledge. Plus, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience is Sean's anointed audio CD, Prophetic Impartation. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 95. I just released this book, God Secrets, because I want every believer to understand words of knowledge and how to access the mind of God. In his must-read book, Sean Bowles shares his stories, thoughts, and biblical understanding to give you the keys to access the secrets of God concerning your future, your relationships, your business, and your ministry. Through Sean's powerful book, God Secrets, you will gain access to God's deep knowledge and wisdom, begin to share God's mindset, inspire and empower others with God's thoughts and dreams, use words of knowledge in everyday life scenarios, receive thorough answers from A to Z on how to operate in words of knowledge just as Sean does. And if we could just hear his voice, his thoughts, his ideas, we could transform the world around us. I believe personally that we'll go through transformation. You'll go through transformation when you read the book. The workbook is your guide to activate your faith and teach you how to share words of knowledge in relatable and practical ways. Understand how you can begin to interpret dreams, receive personal words of knowledge from God that will help you to make the right choices for relationships, business, problem solving, and more. Receive words of knowledge for healing. Learn the different ways God can speak to you. We actually start to walk through a process step-by-step. Step. How do you practice it? We go through 36 examples of words of knowledge in scripture, and you go through activations, group activations, individual activations, and you're going to learn to live a lifestyle of risk by going through this workbook. Plus, you will receive this audio CD, Prophetic Impartation, which is exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience. Through this audio CD, you will learn to clearly hear God's voice for yourself and others. Learn the simple keys God has revealed to Sean on how to receive your healing and how to to heal others. The CD that's only available through Sid Roth Ministries, I actually pray for you and talk about how to get the impartation and then I actually pray it into your life and into your spirit. Don't miss out on getting Sean Bowles' powerful course, which includes his book and workbook, God's Secrets, a life filled with words of knowledge. Plus, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience is Sean's anointed audio CD, Prophetic Impartation. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9511. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9511 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today.